Welcome to the Sonic Shaman Show, home of the Coffee Connect and Conscious Connections. The show is dedicated to empowering you to perceive, know, be, and express your unique voice in this world without the fear of judgment of others through healing, coaching, and educational services. In each episode, Hank and his guests offer tools, techniques, and inspiration to help you step into your potency. Now, here is your host, Hank Settela. Good morning, everyone. My name's Hank Settle. I'm the Sonic Shaman, and this is a Coffee Connect where we just have a little bit of a talk or inspiration of the day. And as always, when I first start, I have to go make this public on my Facebook page. So I invite all of you who have been getting value out of the videos. This is the perfect time to share the video, preferably the YouTube link, but you can share the Facebook starter watch party, however you would like to contribute back and just uh, help the message get out to a lot, hopefully a lot more people. And of course, this morning, Facebook is all leggy on me all of a sudden. So it might take me an extra minute. If you missed yesterday's, I did the protection paradox and all about how the great universal truths always appear in opposition to one another because in the duality, they function one way. And in the oneality, they function a different way. Like birds of a feather flock together and opposites attract. Both are true, but one is for duality and one is for oneality. So that's a little snippet of uh, what I talked about yesterday. If you want to catch that uh, on the YouTube channel, here we go. And now it is public. Today, we're going to be talking about meditation and can't hear you. Oh, no. Ernie, can you hear me? I see you checking in too. You can now? All right. So I, that's interesting. I wonder if that was just you, Barry, or if it was everyone. <laughs> Anyhow, today we're going to be talking about meditation and to create a little bit of pretext before I give you uh, this, my favorite passage from Neil Donald Walsh, which is what I'm going to read uh, to kind of encapsulate what meditation is. I want to share first what, how Neil Donald Walsh's work became so prevalent in my life way back, uh, way back, like I'm old or something like that. I'm totally young. When I was going to college, there was this, um, I swear she must have been an angel, perhaps, but every time on my lunch break, when I was able to go down into the, the area where uh, you could eat and everything, there was uh, this lady that was just for a very short period of time there. She was uh, the first time that I really interacted with her. She's like, you know what, you should read this book. And she gave me this book called Embraced by the Light, which is a probably a topic for another day about near-death experiences. But it, I, she gave me this book. I went home, I started reading it, and I flew through the thing. I couldn't devour it fast enough. And the next time I saw her, I gave her the book back. I told her that was wonderful. And she said, if you like that, you'll love conversations with God. I stopped on my way home. I got the book from Barnes & Noble. And I never saw the lady again <laughs> after that. So that's why I swear she was just put in my path just long enough to spark something, because I did have a near-death experience that I didn't remember. And to kind of set me on this trajectory to start getting a lot of this, um, a lot of this talk, um, a lot of these principles and things like that. And it, it set the seeds, it sowed the seeds that as I was reading the things and it was resonating so strongly with me, it was setting these things in motion that later in life, as I started to get into my professional drinking days, when I did get sober, it was things from this book that kind of kept me going that had these little um, these little tools and techniques that ended up giving me what I needed to shift out of that space of addiction. And so his work really became a prevalent point of, of, of everything I built, uh, what I knew around. 
and I started in 2008, which was about a year, two years after I got sober. I had decided to sign up for Neil Donald Walsh's life skills program, which is a 12 month program, uh, four calls a month, one with Neil, one with like a life coach type thing, a group call. I forget the other one, but every week you were on a call, uh, really diving deep into the principles of conversations with God. And I remember like the first week with the first week, or not first week, the first within the first month of this starting, I also saw that Neil was teaching a workshop in Baltimore called happier than God. And Happier Than God is a standalone work. Very, uh, It was written as a response to the movie The Secret. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Neil Donald Walsh appeared one time. And he said that they recorded hours of footage of him talking, hours of stuff. Uh, and they ended up putting him in one time. And his daughter was in the production business. And he had you know, inquired to her, look, I know why they only use like one of my things. And it was because he kept talking about co-creating and about God. And that wasn't the point of the book. And so he wrote his own book uh, called Happier Than God, and he talks about the process and the mechanism of manifestation, and it's a five-part thing, and that will be a live stream for a different day. But if you'd like to get the book, Happier Than God is a phenomenal text, but I had gone to Baltimore to see him, and this is where something that he said changed my life, and it was what threw me into actually starting to put myself out in the public and hold groups. I was in line to get an autograph, which I think this might be the autograph book, actually. I have to check because I have two of these. I have one at the center. Yep, this is the one that he autographed for me. You can't really see what the green screen is projecting the picture on it. And I had told him that I was um, you know, taking his life skills program and I was in my first month. And at the end of that, I was going to feel ready to start holding conversations with God discussion groups. And as he was signing, he just looked up and said, if not you, who? If not now, when? And I came home and one month into that class, I ended up starting my first book discussion and it's been amazing ever since. And that's the thing is you start to act on these inspirations. You might get this inspiration. You might get something from spirit to do. And if you don't act on it, someone else is going to end up doing it. Neil said that when he was writing these works, that same information was coming through to dozens or hundreds of people. He was the one that chose to write it down. So as I read this quote that I'm about to read, I invite you, what inspirations have you had from spirit that you've never fueled, that you've never catered to, that you've never really cultivated, and which ones are still relevant now that you could grab a hold of and really start to manifest and actualize in the world? God is good orderly direction. I give the example all the time about manifestation of a rowboat. You and the universe are both doing your part to create. So what inspiration do you have that you can start rowing towards and really create something for yourself? I see a lot of people tuning in saying good morning. Good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. And Tracy, she misses our psychic fairs. I miss them too. However, before I read this, I am putting on kind of like a virtual thing this Saturday. There is going to be... Um, well, I'll talk about it in a second. I don't want to use, lose my role on this. So Neil's, if you don't know Neil's work, it is automatic writing, channeled writing, however you want to look at it. The very first experience he ever had with it, he had just gotten a job to get out of a homeless camp because he was collecting cans before that to pay rent to just be on a campsite. And he gets to work and the door is locked and there's a sign on the door that says bankrupt. The company went under. And he had just gotten enough money to get an apartment. And so like now, as he feels that he's about to start having some order in his life, 
everything goes into turmoil once again. And he gets home and he gets out a legal pad and he writes a scathing letter to God. Is this really how life is supposed to work? You know, and and just just lets God have it in this letter. And in the class, he describes it as he heard this audible voice the first time. Are you do you really want an answer to those questions? Or are you just venting? And why sure as hell would like an answer to all these questions. And then the response came, wouldn't it be nice to be as sure as heaven instead of hell? And it started to turn into this dialogue back and forth of him writing a question and getting an answer from God. And at Lilydale, when he was talking a couple years back, his producer, the publisher rather, of that first book happened to be in the audience uh, when he was doing his talk at the Lilydale Assembly. And he he actually got up and he shared with the audience that the, that book one was the first book that was never edited because he walked in with the script and it said, who wants to edit God? And no one wanted to. And so for the most part, I believe other than like maybe spelling or grammar, all the words are exactly as they were on those original legal pads that he wrote way back when. So Neil's asking, and this is from book three. Uh, the first trilogy, the first book is personal truths. The second book is mainly global truths. The third book is universal truths. And if you want to pick it up, this one is the first three books all in one. I love it because you have like one index to look up all the things. And this is the very last chapter of, or very last page of chapter nine in book three. And Neil asks God, so daily meditation is a good idea. And God replies, a good idea, yes. Yet know again what I have just said here. The song of the soul may be sung many ways. The sweet sound of silence may be heard many times. Some hear the silence in prayer. Some sing the song in their work. Some seek the secrets in quiet contemplation. Others in less contemplative surroundings. When mastery is reached or even intermittently experienced, the noises of the world can be muffled. The distractions quieted even in the midst of them. All of life becomes a meditation. All of life is a meditation in which you are contemplating the divine. This is called true wakefulness or mindfulness. Experienced in this way, everything in life is blessed. There is struggle and pain and worry no more. There is only experience, which you may choose to label in any way you wish. You may choose to label all of it perfection. So use your life as a meditation and all the events in it. Walk in wakefulness, not as one asleep. Move with mindfulness, not mindlessly, and do not tarry in doubt and fear, neither in guilt nor self-recrimination, yet reside in permanent splendor in the assurance that you are grandly loved. You are always one with me. You are forever welcome, welcome home. For your home is in my heart and mine in yours. I invite you to see in this in life as you will surely see it in death. Then you will know that there is no death. And what you have called life and death are both part of the same unending experience. We are all that is, all that was, and all that ever shall be, world without end. Amen. It is my, to this day, my favorite passage of all of his works. And the first time I really noticed it, because I've read this book several times, it was while I was going to the two-year program at Fellowships of the Spirit, and we all took turns every morning for morning inspiration and then we had meditation and my friend and my roommate uh, Dave Orlasky who's also the reason I got into shamanism he read that passage and it was though I had been hearing it for the very first time and it was just uh, so impactful hearing it and maybe I just wasn't ready to read it how many times have you read a book and then you read it again years later and when you read it 
all kinds of different things stand out to you that never stood out before? What will you notice today that you didn't notice before? Because today you're a different vibration. You're a completely different being in every next moment of now. And that's why Neil talks about so much, like in every single moment, choose who, what could, what could you be to be the next grandest vision of you that you've ever, uh, that you've ever had. And I might be misquoting it a little bit, but in every moment you have the choice to choose what energy am I going to be in the world today? And what could I be and do to create change and possibility in the world? So when it comes to meditation, it's not necessarily the monk meditating in a cave. What good is meditating in a cave is in the, if in the waking world, when you're interacting with people, you can't have your peace and calm. In Alice Bailey's work, there's this whole idea of a householder, they call it. You could be the monk in a cave. You could be a householder. A householder is someone that has a wife, has the kids, not necessarily wife and kids, but you're, you're in the, you know, the main thick of life. And it's even more important in a way to be able to develop these skills of mindfulness, being present of meditation and being able to respond through life instead of react when you're in that environment, because we are all what we would say in shamanism, sacred soul mirrors, because source is all there is all at once. And we are all reflecting back to one another, all these infinite possibilities of source within. And that's what it's about while we're in this reflection of chaos what can you be in the world to be that harmony amongst the conflict, the apparent conflict? Because really it's not conflict at all. It is all contextual field so that you can know yourself as a divine infinite being that you truly be. Because source is all there is all at once in the ever present moment of now. All you have to do is choose who you're going to be in creationship to your perceived reality and the universe will deliver you opportunities to express that being through doing. That's it in a nutshell. <laughs> So thank you for sticking with me on my little, uh, my message portion, I guess, of today, because I really wanted to keep it all consinct. But what questions do you have? Or what does this stir up for you? And, and then we can see where we will go with our little conversation. I am on at 10 o'clock today with Dr. K as well. So for those of you who want to stick around, we'll be streaming again in just about 30 minutes uh, with Dr. K. And we're talking about energy focus and the idea of energy flows where your attention goes and how important it is to stay focused on things that you'd like to bring into your life instead of the things that you want to remove from your life. Because whether you want to remove it or not, if you're putting your attention on it, you're feeding it, which is why I have created this event. <laughs> on Saturday, we are doing a new world, a new possibility. I'm looking to give people, oh, that's the old one. Let me bring up the new one that has the logo and a website and all this good stuff on it. There we go. Uh, but we're going to be doing this on Saturday. I changed it from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. because no one wanted to be up that early with me. <laughs> so we're going to start at 9 a.m. And it's going to be 12 hours of live streaming with all kinds of different guests. And every single guest is looking to offer words of wisdom and um, in, in the space of possibility of what would we like our world to look like? And what can we be and do in the world to contribute to that world that we would like to create instead of looking at what else might be happening on Saturday? So oh, God, uh, Ernie was saying wonderful words from God through your lips. Yeah, this does come through me there. I'm so glad I record these now because there's sometimes when I would be teaching and I would say something and I'm like, I, I don't even remember what I just said, but I wish I did because I want to write it down. And now I can actually go back and watch the broadcasts and remember what I said is really, it comes through. And Marie saying, Truly love inspirations that I am guided to by earth angels. 
yes, inspirations are super key. And just like um, this thing on Saturday, it came as a fleeting thought on Tuesday of, oh, I should do something on Saturday. And, and then it, it just with asking questions, it developed. A lot of the things I've created are like that. Melissa Wiles, uh, who owns Goddess Elite, we were sitting at the old location years ago when the, before the first expo, we were just asking the question, you know, there's not really anything on the west side in terms of like a big event like there was on the east side. If we were to put on an event, where would we put it? That was the question that we asked. And then we started looking. Good early direction. We had thought, word, and deed. We had the idea. We started taking actions and and putting a little bit of of substance to the creation that we were inspired to create. And with just a couple phone calls and getting a price, we in the very first year, we, I think we started in February or March. We with like six months, uh, a little bit more than that, we were able to put on the first holistic health and healing expo. And that all came from a question and then following and doing our good or orderly direction. So when you get those inspirations, the question then becomes immediately, well, what energy could I be to create this? What things could I do that will help express that what I'm looking to create in the world? And it just starts to become this effect that you notice things. You, you just notice and you don't even necessarily know why it might be relevant, but you follow the energy. And if you follow the energy, things just shift and, and happen. One example of this, Andrew Gardella, who is one of the um, the big one of the big body process teachers in access consciousness, he was at the center about a year or so ago and he was doing a, a, a clarity night for money. And he gave this example of following the energy and somebody that had taken a class previously to him and implemented some of the tools, they were looking for an investor for a business venture. And they were at the gym and somebody in the gym just stood out to them. And they're like, I know I need to talk to that guy. I don't know why, but I know I need to talk to that guy. He recognized that his, whatever he was looking to create, that person's energy, there was a synergy and he noticed it. And he had a conversation and it was actually someone that does investing and they just had an investment come uh, mature and they were looking for something new to invest in. And that became his investment or investor for what he was looking to create. So you, it might not have any rhyme or reason. It might be, I need to buy a yellow dress or buy a certain flower to wear or something like that. But that energy is going to get you noticed. It's going to create the opportunity. So it's really not a, it's not a system that the logical mind can figure out. And that's why it's so difficult because ego, which is edging God out, sometimes makes us rethink, well, that doesn't make any sense why I should talk to that person. That's so weird just to walk up to some random person and talk to them. But if you follow the inspiration, it all becomes relevant after the fact. And if you followed the ego, you never have gotten there. Any other questions, comments, concerns, or anything else? Oh, I forgot. I should have put that up while I was talking. <laughs> People who were seeing the stream, they have no idea what we were talking about. But I'm still learning all this streaming stuff, you know. Oh, one other thing that's on a note of meditation. Let me share the screenshot with you. My teacher, Zane Kerfman, is going to be, where is it? Experiences? Is this the right one? Nope, that is not the right page. Here we go. This is on the Emergence of Being website. My teacher is going to be doing a a six-week spiritual intensive class on the breath of life. And uh, this is just a page where you can see it's going to be all based on breath work. And even just yesterday, what he was sharing is that there's different fields that, of information that are accessible. 
And a lot of people try to use uh, different types of um, plant medicines and things like that to reach them. But with the breath, something that everybody has, and then through different breathing exercises, any field of information is available to you. You can reach any state of consciousness naturally just through breathing. And so the course is designed to offer different types of breath for people to connect to the different fields of energy, like the Uhu Pacha, which is the underworld, the Kai Pacha, the middle world, the Hanak Pacha, the upper world, all through the majesty of breath. And my favorite quote from breath comes from Barbara Sanson, who is the person who heads up the healing temple at Lilydale. In a class uh, years ago that I took from her, she said that the breath is the first and last possession you have in this life. It's your most sacred possession. Use it. I might be uh, paraphrasing the last part, but it really stuck with me that the breath is the first and last possession. And when we were creating our our medicine bundles in my shamanic program, one of the things that we needed to put in for this was something to represent it, represent our most sacred healing item. And what I chose, and I would wrap it on the outside of my Mesa Classo and break, was this little clay flute. It's called an ocarina. It's the first instrument that I really played other than what they force you to play in school, those recorders or whatnot. And I used it, I picked that because it represented my breath. And without the breath, all other tools that I might have in my healing vault are null and void because I'm not here to use them. <laughs> so the breath really is truly sacred. And if you can just stick with the breath anytime that you feel off center, that's one of the things that can bring you back to the moment so you can start responding instead of reacting. And that's what I did at the bank uh, for, I, I worked in finance for many years and I was on the phone talking to people from all walks of life and you would get people that would just say the most horrific things or say something or a sob story of what happened in their life and why they can't pay or whatever the case is. And I would get knocked off center. And when I started my meditation practice, before I would meditate, I would take three breaths and then I would settle into the meditation. And in NLP, neuro-linguistic programming, that would be considered an anchor. You're doing something like or, or, um, B.F. Skinner's Pavlov's dog. I think it was B.F. Skinner. They would ring a tuning fork and then they would feed the dog. And then eventually they would just ring, ring the tuning fork and they wouldn't feed the dog. But the dog would start to salivate anyway because the tuning fork was an anchor for being fed even though it wasn't being fed. So when you start to settle into whatever practice you're going to choose to stay centered and present throughout your day, pick something that you can use as an anchor that will help you in the moments that you really need it. You can trigger that anchor and effortlessly slip back into the state where you are fully present, conscious, aware, and in the mode to respond to life instead of react. That is so key. And for me, I just did three breaths. So I was on the phone with one of those crazy people. I could put them on hold. Three breaths and instantly the waves of peace came over me that I would use, that if I had to take 15 minutes to get there in meditation, it wouldn't matter because I had done the practice long enough and that anchor long enough, three breaths and I'm there. It works to this day. So whatever you choose to do, um, pick something. Preferably something that you don't need to take with you. Like if you ring a bell or a chime or something, oh goodness, if you're at the mall shopping and you're knocked off center, what are you going to do? <laughs> so in NLP, you could do it by pinching a point on your finger or the three breaths, whatever you'd like to do. But it's a, a, a great benefit to you for that. All right. Well, I believe I'm going to wrap it there because I'm going to be on with Dr. K in 20 minutes. So I'll make, see if the kids need anything. And then I will be on with her talking all about energy focus and the idea about uh, keeping your attention 
very closely guarded because energy flows where your attention go and what are you feeding and contributing to in the world and that's what saturday is about contribute to something that's creating possibility in the world instead of watching on the news things that are potentially uh things that you don't want to feed and and uh and and engage with ernie gets the final thought inspiration is to breathe in equals life expiration is to breathe out equals leaving life thank you ernie that reminds me of a funny story though which i maybe i should share now okay well remind me on a, on a future stream because i do want to wrap now there's an amazing story from my friend ryan or maybe i should have him on and he can tell the story about respiration and it was a it's a funny funny story about one of his potential near-death experiences but with that thank you so much for showing up if you're watching going to go back and watch the full video uh, or if you found value out of these please take a moment share the link from the youtube stream and don't forget to subscribe like comment on the videos because it all shows google that it's more relevant and then they serve it to more people and that is the best way you could be a contribution to me is by sharing the videos and just helping the word get out there and I'm looking for my closeout video. There we go. Perfect. Thank you so much for showing up. And I look forward to maybe seeing you at 10 o'clock with Dr. K and on Saturday for 12 hours. Who's going to do the whole stream with me? Anyone? We'll see. I won't hold you to it. I, I already thought, like, what am I What am I getting myself into having to stream, choosing to stream for 12 hours? It's going to be fun. So I'm curious if anybody's going to be in it for the long haul with me. But thank you so much. And I look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks for joining us today for the show. The Sonic Shaman is part of the Emergence of Being Contributor Network. Visit emergenceofbeing.com to learn about all the contributors and learn about our services and upcoming events. Please take a moment to subscribe to the channel. You can contribute to the show by supporting our efforts and sharing our content with those you care about and those who need it most.